Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your Dungeon Masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Hey, Bill. Hey, Scott. Hi, Lou. I'm back. Thank goodness. We missed you. I missed you guys, too. It was scary out there. Couldn't see you anywhere. You must have been 35 feet away. Wrong. I was 36. Oh, Uh, practically invisible. Not wearing a white dress. (laughs) (laughs) So this is going to seem a little contradictory, right? Because we just got through telling everybody... uh, Yeah, don't don't do this. Don't do this. And now we're going to tell you why you should. So are you confused yet? Um, I think that splitting the party can be very, very good if done the right way. And again, I will I will caution new GMs against doing this. Get your feet wet a little bit. Get, yeah, get some experience, especially writing and yeah. planning. Because th- it can be done. It can be done well, but it has to be planned for. Yeah, and I do it, it a lot. Yeah, you know, I, we split the party on a regular basis on our week long. I mean, constantly we're doing this, and we're going to tell you how to do that. That's right. Not today. Not today. Damn it. This but, week, but, but we will. Not next week either. Maybe the week after. I don't know. Eventually, we're keeping it organic. Yeah, it'll happen when it happens, and you'll love it. You will, or Lou. Will eat his shoe, or better yet, or Lou will eat mine. Oh hell no! <laughs> <laughs> I say he'd eat mine, but I have a puppy, and he's doing a good job on him already. So, <laughs> all right. So yeah, let, why should we? Yeah, all right, let's go to the first one. It's a great opportunity to add a new PC. It is. You know, it, it's the introduction. You know, they've head off and they discover somebody who has information, wants to come along with them, uh, turns out to be maybe what they're looking for. Now they have to get them to an objective, and they bring them back to the rest of the group. Hey, look, I we found them. Did you? What did you find? Uh, well, you found the person, but I found the item. And now that we have the two halves, let's let's go about our merry way and, and you know solve this quest and done and over with. Of course, it's never that cut and dry. But, yeah, they're, it's a great way to add a new PC or, or a important mpc yeah and and part of the um part of the issue with um adding a new pc is how you do it right and you know we've all encountered that one of our one of our uh, buddies is his schedule opens up he's like hey can i get back to the table you got room for me sure we're right in the middle of a campaign though but you're more than welcome so let's get your character made and And never say no that's right never um, it's a bad habit to get into. You're a game master. Make it happen. Yeah. And this is a way. Yeah. And, and how many times can you introduce a new PC with, okay, uh, and you find this prisoner of the orcs. He doesn't, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. or he's wandering down the road. That will put me to sleep. Yeah. So when you, when you have an opportunity to split, maybe someone's off scouting, um, Maybe um, maybe you're off doing something, you're, you're hunting or whatever, or you, you head off in a different direction to accomplish a different goal than the rest of the, the party. 
and you can work this other PC in. And it's like you notice that while you're scouting, it appears as though you're being scouted. You know, so maybe this PC is checking you out. Like, oh, I wonder what this guy is doing out here because I'm I'm on this this mission, which may be very much so similar to what their overall goal is. And that's how you that's how you kind of pull them in where you have an opportunity for um, an encounter, hopefully an encounter that isn't doesn't involve uh, weapons being drawn and combat and yeah, who someone ending up someone's the hunter and someone's the hunted is not exactly who is which role. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a good opportunity to integrate this additional player character in to the group because now they just have to endear themselves to one person and then it's easier to to integrate. The the one I've used a couple times um or a variation thereof is the the split half whether it's one two or or half the party comes across a small hamlet that is in severe disrepair but there's smoke coming from the chimney. Uh there's a smell of something cooking and they inevitably are going to look and they find someone they recognize, you know, who is battered, hurt, uh, is poorly patched up. Looks like they did them did it themselves, and is probably has a small bird or a rat or something cooking on a, a hodgepodge fire in in the dilapidated fire pit. And, and what do you do? Well, and again, well, I was heading out to do this, and I ran into a band of whatever they already encountered. And, well, we were a group, and we dispatched them. He goes, well, I barely got away with my life, and now you got to draw on your healer. they got to bring them back if your healer's not with them. And, again, you, you reintroduce somebody that's under duress, and they happen, you know, he, he found a, a temporary shelter. I've been here for three days. Um, I think this wound's getting festered. I don't have the, you know, the ability to fix it. You know, geez, please tell me that, you know, Nymira is still with the group. You know, because I need her healing bad. You know, yeah, she's she's with the other the other half. Or oh, get me to her now, um, and now you've reintroduced it. And I've used that kind of premise a couple times, and it worked out pretty well. Because then they now they you know, they're looking for a shelter. Now you they'll bring the rest of the party back, and now they have a a, a shelter. And then they can get him healed, and now he's reintroduced. So it it kind of helps the party as well. Because more often than not, if they're out and about, they're looking for shelter. They're looking for someone to spend the night, and here's a way to introduce a place that they can, is semi-fortified, you can have encounters or not, or just reintroduce your character. And that's when you pull him aside saying, all right, this is what happened, this is you know how you're getting there. You were sent out with a group, your group has been dispatched, you're the last you know remaining survivor, you barely got away or were left for dead, and you crawled your way to this spot, and that's where they found you. Different way. So you've reintroduced a new PC. And there's always... I'm always searching for ways to do that because, you know, the real world interferes, sadly, with with gaming. <laughs> yes, it um, does. And, and people Damn kind it. of, yeah, they come and go from, from a table um, based on their schedules, you know, whatever their private life has, you know, in, in, in store for them. So it's a good opportunity. It's, it's a fantastic opportunity to add a new PC. It's just determining how you're going to do it, which... Um, Stay away from the he's a prisoner, she's a prisoner. Stay away from just walking down the road, and now all of a sudden I want an adventure with you. Yeah, you happened into a tavern, and lo and behold, sitting at the bar is... 
Bruce. Yeah, who who is bored out of his mind and hey, hey, you guys got a spot for another guy? Yeah, I it's, wish I could murder hobo. Yeah, I, I haven't murder hoboed in a month. <laughs> you know, if you guys are guys are looking for another murder hobo mm-hmm. to join your band, then I'm your guy because you know. Ragnar the uh, impenetrable, he knows that when it comes to murder hoboing, <laughs> I'm the guy to do it. Well, you guys, you can do that as long as you laid, as the DM lays the foundation for those people to go to that bar. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he left the right. clues that, you know, you got to meet somebody here or you know well, they're going yeah, to I'm be there. Yeah, I'm not saying you can't right. do it, but it, but it is an overused tactic. It is. The prisoner's an overused tactic. Yep. You stumble upon them in the, in the woods on the trail between towns, overused tactic. So try to find somewhere else. And this is a good way to add, you know, add, add a little u- uniqueness. Okay, yeah, you you come come upon that little hamlet, right? Yep. Um, any number of cool things could be happening. There could be that, you know, guy in the in, in the house wounded. That guy in the house could not be cooking. He could be defending uh, the the house from the band that wiped out his party. You know, maybe there's a few more of the bads baddies left, and he's holed up in the. Uh, in, in, in the little uh, ramshackle house, and, and he's doing his best to to defend it against the onslaught of these the, these bad guys, and it doesn't look like he's doing a very good yeah. job. His party's down. He's the last one. There's there's a woman and, and her two children. The husband's away for the day hunting, and he's there protecting them in his stead. He's not doing well. It doesn't look good for anybody, and you happen to cross him. Now, you don't know he's in there. You know someone's in there firing arrows out of the windows at the baddies. So you go dispatch the baddies, and lo and behold, here's the guy you were missing. Yep. Or um, you come across a lone traveler who's in the process of burying dead enemies and dead party members, and they're, they're all, by, all by themselves. Um, I always like to try to pull in that new PC with they're on a, a quest or a mission similar to the one that the that the party is on, so that it's easier for them to join forces and become one unit. It's sent by a different patron, but with the same objective. Yeah, yeah, or for personal reasons, you know, any any number of things. But try to incorporate a uh, a reason why the party would want to accept them, and a reason why the other PC would want to accept the party because if you don't. Yeah, it's not a, always, ma- not a matter of, well, I got nothing better to do. Yeah. That's the poor excuse. Someone in the party, you know, there's always that one person that's going to be like, hey, cool, the more the merrier. And then there's going to be that other person who's going to be like, well, wait a minute, then we have to split the treasure, right? So uh, do we split the treasure equally because this guy's brand new? We don't know him. Maybe he only gets like a half a cut. And the rest of us, you know, st- yeah. there's always that one player yep. where they're like, okay, it's cutting into my real world money. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. So you got to have a reason why they would want to join forces. Unless, of course, you want that kind of, I don't, I don't want to say animosity, tension. Yeah. Because you know that you have your paladin that's based similar to the old school paladins. And this person is a bit more practiced in ledger domain. And you know they're not going to get along. It's a great way to kind of help them along. Similar goals, just like you said. And he's a resource, but does your paladin know him? Or it doesn't know them and has to learn 
that this is not necessarily a person who follows the most honorable of practices. Right. Intention is always a good thing to drive stories forward. So drama is grand. Yeah, splitting the party, whether it, it, it the result being the addition of a new player character at the table, that could that could definitely raise the tension if if um there's some oppositional values. It could also raise tension if now the stakes are 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 higher because the encounters are going to be a little more challenging because they are meant to be for a whole party, right? You've crafted it to be this way, Mm -hmm. but it adds tension because maybe one half of the party is going in one direction to do something, be it hold off a large number of combatants in a narrow hallway or a narrow pass while the rest of the party is racing ahead to um, activate some magical device to or deactivate some magical device to shut down an army of undead. You know, and the big bad doesn't want that to happen. So how can all of us be in one place at the same time? Well, you can't. So you divide the party. One half goes to do one thing. Another half goes to do the other. It adds to the tension level because now you're halved and you still have to perform the same as a full party. And like like you say, you've written to have it split. And it's split where you're... The unique qualities of certain individuals are in the wrong location. So you need your rogue to pick these locks and find these traps. And you don't have them. He's in the other group. And the other group has to deal with combat, and your primary tank is in the opposite group. So now there's your tension where it's like, if only we had, and do they come back and get them? Do they try to swap? Do they deal with what they have? So again, you know, to build the tension, but you can put it in there specifically to do just that. So they split up and all you have to do is a quick little shuffle on your, your encounters, make them plug and play. And now you've put your non-combatant group in a combatant situation and your tactic and stealthy group in the group that isn't very good with stealth, and now, but they still have to get the job done. And now it's time for a break. Grab your elephant guns and your hunter orange because we're hitting the stars, nerds. It's space dinosaur season. Head off on a space adventure every week with The Homebrew, a D&D play podcast. Sure, there's lots of actual play podcasts out there. Heck, you can throw a rock and hit a dozen of them. But are any of these D&D podcasts sci-fi campaigns? You can't shake a stick at them because there ain't many, if any. And that's what sets these veteran gamers and their podcast apart from the sea of actual play podcasts. If you're new to D&D, old gamers like us, somewhere in the middle, or maybe you just like a good story. And who doesn't like a good story? Give the Homebrew, a D&D play podcast, a listen. You can find them on the web at thehomebrewpodcast.com or anywhere podcasts are found. The links are in the description below. Welcome back. Yeah, it's it's uh it, and it can work it can work wonders. The the second year of our second long campaign, I split the group three ways. Yep. And it was at the very the very end of that that week of gaming. They were racing to this to this final kind of objective to get off this island that was starting to kind of phase out of their their plane of existence, but 
they're harried by these terracotta golems. They need to get to this objective to kill this this beholder kin before the island phases out of out of their plane, but they don't want to stay on the island. So their bar their barbarian cal stays behind to fend off the terracotta golems and the rest of the party, Cork's character Iskander and and Matt's character Higgardine and Lou's character Graven go racing off to take out the take out the beholder. So now they get up there to the to the beholder and they have this they have this big elaborate plan which is very cleverly laid. <laughs> and um the island's starting to phase out of out of existence and Graven makes a bomb while Higgardine and Iskander are are fighting this this beholder kin and Cal makes his his return goes charging through this um, the entrance to this this old like kind of outdoor temple, you know, broken pillars and everything. And he takes out two of these little uh, little beholder kin with with thrown hand axes, just as uh, Higgardine shoves the this this bomb <laughs> effectively in the beholder's mouth and grabs a hold of it and closes its its mouth and. The bomb goes off inside the beholder, blows Cal back out of the temple, takes out Higgardine. Graven barely survives. Iskander barely survives. So now the party splits again because Higgardine's Higgardine's out for the count. Cal's back on the outside of the temple because he was blown out. And now Graven's trying to get this old gnomish machine working to make their escape because down the side of the mountain they can see this like apparatus of qualish type of submarine and he and Iskander are frantically working against against the clock to get this thing to to work and now Cal's back up and he's running in to get Higgardine to drag Higgardine towards this this effectively what is a bullet on <laughs> on skis and uh they get in and push the uh you know the the thing off off the side of the mountain and graven with some lucky rolls gets the thing working and is able to um guide it less recklessly down the mountain but <laughs> the the tension in the room you could cut through with a knife because people were barely holding on to life you know with death saving throws and you know strength checks to drag like limp dead bodies out and <laughs> and trying to get this thing to work as like the island is getting even closer to phasing out of out of existence and it was very tense there was a lot of cheering at the end when when they finally made it off this 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 island in this like submarine thing but you can it adds a ton of ton of tension when you are doing just that like your um your rogue is now tanking because they are the closest thing to a tank that you have available right now because your tanks are out of commission or not there right and and it and it added a great deal of tension there was you know there was that thrill factor so use it do that to your point an unconscious character is the same thing as splitting the party You've taken resources that the party could use out of play, and and you've 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 added an additional burden, right? Yes. 
because now it's like, okay, now I, I have to, this is my friend. I have to, I have to rescue my friend and keep my friend from dying. So now there's that, that added layer of tension that's, that's added. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're absolutely right. When someone is out of commission, the party is split, even though they're all in the same room. Yeah. They're all in the same room, but the party is still split because you've taken resources away from the collaborative. Yeah. And now spotlighting, right? We all like our players to be in the spotlight or our character. If you're a DM, you should want your players to be in the spotlight. You You should want to give them their moment. I have a skill set and I want to use it. Well, here you go. And players, you deserve the, you deserve your, your spotlight. You Mm -hmm. deserve that moment, that scene in the movie where it's, it's just you, you know, everybody at the table needs that and wants that. And then you all want that spotlight on your group, you know, those freeze frames in the Marvel movies where, you know, all the Avengers are together looking epic, right? You want to do that stuff at yeah, the table. Yeah, you want to paint that that beautiful panel, that one yeah. that one page panel that just tells a story all by itself. You want to give everyone that moment to be in the forefront of that panel. And splitting the party shines that spotlight brighter because now you have two or three people to spotlight as mm-hmm. opposed to five or six. And that makes it a lot easier for the game master. Yes. And it shines a lot brighter. Yes, it does. Cause now what you do is, you know, as a player is considerably more important because yeah. you, again, you don't have the resources of your entire group. You're it. And whether your resources are extraordinary or less than you're still it. And that, Oh, I have a low percentage. I have no bonuses. My modifier is zero. Oh, this is, and if I don't make it, it could be bad for me and the one or two individuals with me. I have to make this roll. I have to make this happen. And you get up there and, and pontificate and, and RP the crap out of it and then hope the dice appreciated the performance and, and backs you up. Yeah, and in, in just that, that small group of scenes that I described when my party was was, was all split up, there were a bunch of opportunities to spotlight mm-hmm. the char- the characters. You know, that, that epic moment when Cal comes bursting through the entrance of that, like, outdoor temple and takes out the two uh, little beholder kin. Boom, there was that spotlight shining on him. You know, that epic moment of slow-mo type action. Um, and, and he burst onto the scene just in time to see his, his friend grapple and exploding Beholderkin, you know, so Higgardine had his moment in the spotlight. He was always that, that character that was like, I'm, I'm ready to die. <laughs> you know, he was a tired, grumpy kind of middle-aged warrior. I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah, if uh, I go great, if I don't, oh, well. And, uh, so Higgardine you know, his, his whole scheme and Matt schemed on me hard with, <laughs> with Lou, um, to, to do this. And I, I will say kind of caught me a little off, uh, <laughs> off my game. I was like, I did not, I, I always knew Matt's a schemer, but I didn't, I wasn't expecting that, you know, but that, that spotlight was, was on him. And then Cork's ca- character is Skander. Boom. The spotlight immediately moves to, to her because, She's explaining the island is going to go and take us with it. So we need to we need to move and we need to move fast because she was the only one who really knew what was going on. And then at the same time, now the spotlight shifts over to 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 Graven who's 
in the cockpit of this thing and he's trying to get it get it to work and finally gets the thing fired up and nobody wants to get in it but <laughs> it's gnomish no one ever wants to get in a gnomish contraption you know it's it's um but they have no choice because right. it's a long climb down <laughs> um and the quick way is even more dangerous so the spotlight's focusing on on all these different people at the table who are doing different things in different locations and it's a and it shines real bright people have their moment of 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 heroism and then remember when you, oh, yeah. that was awesome. But then you were up there yelling. It, that moves very nicely into our next point. It can help stimulate character growth because you've had this moment to do, you know, get in the spotlight. And everyone goes, I didn't know you could do that. I didn't well, either. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you go, I can't, I guess, but I can now, or I think I can. So now I, if I did it once, I should be able to do it again. Yeah. You step outside of you know, kind of your, your comfort zone, right? You step outside of, of, of relying on other people who have other, other talents because you have no choice mm -hmm. because they're not with you. Like I said, you had your, your rogue up front tanking and successfully since he lived it. Okay, great. I didn't realize I, I could hit that hard. I didn't realize I could use a weapon that well because I, I never do. Maybe I should be talking to the the fighters in my group, the combatants in my group, and maybe I should be learning a little bit more as a prelude to perhaps going multi-class into the fighter classes or the ranger or something like that to help round out because the gameplay suggested that your character develop in a direction maybe other than what you originally had intended. And just that, that spotlight, that moment, it's like that was cool. Maybe my character would want to go that way. Yeah, or you have two characters that really didn't like each other, and that being Lou's character, Graven, and, <laughs> and, and Cork's character, Iskander, <laughs> she did not like, to, to the point where there was there was probably the, the worst <laughs> fist fight in the history of any D and D game ever, where it was like it was like the the direct opposite of of that that epic fight scene in They Live, <laughs> where it was like twelve minutes of Lou and Corrick limp, rolling, slap, rolling fight. dice, <laughs> and missing one another. I can just see them both with their eyes closed, head turned away, and just that that flappy, you know, yeah, the, like, the hand slapping, like, like someone got scratched. <laughs> yeah. It was epic, though. Gra <laughs> Graven pulled Iskander's hair, and then he jumped out a window. That that was day one. <laughs> by by day three, it was they were walking and not talking to each other at all. That's how that's how upset that's how upset she was with 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 Graven. But on that final day, she's in the machine with him, helping him to get things get things going, and they're and they're working feverishly together to rescue the rest of their their party because Higgardine is is wounded to the point of death and and Cal has one hit point. So he's he's on the cusp of being dead, you know, and, and Matt's rolling death saves and and stuff. So they're they're working together. So two people who don't and they still don't like each other. She's still actually Well we got she, over that a little bit. She still dislikes him. Yes. I, I think it's um, it it's gone from dislike to tolerance. To, it is now tolerance, but that is growth. That is growth. Yes. That is that is um that is growth. 
And that, you know, that's kind of like a cool thing to see because now that's, that's, that's big character growth, not just with one character, but with two. Yes. And, and who knows what'll happen if they ever meet up again, you know, does the tolerance remain? Do you know, do you, do you try to settle old scores? Yeah. Well, that was a one-off. I still hate it. Or, or it's like, you know, all right, maybe he's not as bad as I thought. So we'll see. But it's a good segue, isn't it? It's a good segue. You can easily split your party as a game master, but plan ahead of time. Do so carefully. Be ready for the unexpected. But as long as you're ready and waiting, there's a lot of reasons, despite our previous episode, why you should split the party. And that's splitting the party. Part two, five reasons why you should. We'll see you next time in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.